Welcome everybody back to the Shooting the Shift podcast. Today we're here with Antonio and Jeff once again. Guys, you know we took a little bit of a break for a little bit of Christmas celebrations, but a lot's been going on in the MLB since we've been gone. First, uh, I think we should talk about Sam Fold. What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I mean, we kind of took a, a break a little bit. Obviously it was Christmas and then there was really no big Phillies news happening. And then seemingly out of nowhere... The Phillies hire Sam Fold to be their general manager. Um, I guess this was a promotion. He was already in our front office. Uh, but I think I like the hiring. I really don't know much about him to really kind of say, oh, this is a great hire. This is a really bad hire. He's a guy that hasn't been a general manager before, but has front office experience. He worked with prospects, so I like that. Um, maybe kind of counterbalance. Dombrowski a little bit in that category but I can't say for for a fact that I really like the signing or that I really dislike the signing I think it's a really smart move by Dombrowski getting an actual athlete somebody who played in the major leagues so he'll be really quick getting him his coffee because that's going to be the majority of his job Dave Dombrowski will be doing basically everything still yeah, I mean, Dombrowski's still going to be the main guy, but maybe, who knows, maybe Sam Fold will be working a little bit more with Brian Barber in the scouting areas, trying to find those prospects to help us build out our farm system, uh, which would be nice. But I, like like you said, Jeff, Dombrowski's still going to be the guy running the show. He's still going to be doing everything. To be honest, there, there's not much that I care about Sam Fold actually doing. What I care about is that it seems like he's a smart guy. And Dombrowski, overall, he's a World Series champion, has built winners. And Brian Barber, really good at drafting. I just like want really Sam good. Fold. Yeah, I just want Sam Fold to be learning. That's all I want. This GM job isn't really about what Sam Fold is going to do now or the next year or the year after that. It's about what Sam Fold's going to do when Dombrowski's gone. Because Dombrowski's up there in age. This is all about Dombrowski looking to groom his eventual replacement. So they found a highly coveted guy in the league, someone who's been around their franchise. And now this is the perfect way to kind of get him ready to be the next guy. So there's an easy transition of power once Dombrowski hangs it up. Right, and I think um, you say Dombrowski getting up there in age, which he is. I also think, besides age, another factor that could pull Dombrowski away from our franchise is if baseball decides to add another team and expand and that team gets to Nashville, um, which is what Dombrowski was doing before we hired him. He was working really hard to bring baseball to Nashville, which I think would be a great spot to have a professional baseball team. So that could be another thing that gets us away. But I, I, like you said, it's uh, Sam Fold is in a prime position to just suck up all of this baseball knowledge from two guys who are at the top of their fields, who have done, who have had success in the past. Brian Barber is, he is excellent at drafting. And then, like you said, Dombrowski has taken three separate teams to the World Series. 
So I'm excited for Sam Fold and the opportunities he's going to have to get as much knowledge as possible. Will, you got anything to add about our new general manager? I mean, obviously, we, we had talked a little bit about his past within the Phillies organization. Uh, he was hired in November of 2017, and he was his roles really were with Gabe Kapler and the coaching staff when he was mm. first hired. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, he was working as the player information coordinator on the major league side. And then obviously at being a former outfielder, he was working with uh, the team, especially with the outfielders on athletic training and stuff like that. So I, I think that player to player relationship that something Sam fold would bring to this team is something that I think is needed. And I think I, I agree with Jeff. I think Dombrowski still will be kind of in charge of everything like he already is, but I think, Sam Fold as GM, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and the, the player relationships that he has can help to give Dombrowski, obviously a newcomer, a better feel of the organization immediately. Right, which is important. So um, now the Phillies, that's really the only Phillies news we've heard in the past couple weeks. Um, however, last night... The baseball world was rocked. Um, so Rock's Manny Machado, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper for the rest of their career are going to be tied at the hip because they entered free agency at the same time. Both signed massive contracts. Obviously, Bryce in Philly, Manny Machado in San Diego. And Manny Machado looks like he really made the right move. Um, this is three straight off seasons where San Diego has just made absolute crush it cr- killer moves to get themselves better um obviously we're talking about the blake snell trade um this gives san diego i think the best and deepest uh pitching rotation in the entire mlb and that's not counting mackenzie gore who is going to be up for the 2021 season who is going to be who's a top prospect going to be one of the better pitchers. So we're looking at a rotation right now of Chris Paddock, Blake Snell, Luis, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Mackenzie Gore, Nelson Lamette. Um, and we're, somebody else could be joining them this year. Yeah. Uh, we're, we'll get back to that. They also have Mike Clevenger who is uh, currently having Tommy John surgery. So he'll be out for the rest of the season. But a report broke today from The Athletic that the San Diego Padres and the Chicago Cubs are in advanced talk for you, Darvish, now. So the Padres are going to have six top-tier starters if they get you, Darvish. Are they the team? Are they most like they're the, now the team to beat in the, in the National League to get to the World Series, right? 100%. I think, obviously, we talk about this starting rotation but the depth on the offensive side is just as powerful. You got Machado, Tatis, you know, last year. Okay. This year he just blew up the entire league. I mean, Tatis was just that good this year. And if he's going to continue to be as good as he was this year, next year, I mean, obviously they have Hosmer. Hosmer's getting older. They have, they just have so much talent on that team. Yeah, Quite a little it's... devil's advocate, though. You're still talking about the World Series champion 
in their division. This is true. So that's why, like, there's an argument to be made that the Padres are the, the top dogs in the NLS now. But there's you, you make the very good argument that there, there is still the Dodgers. And the Dodgers offense can keep up. Yeah. And will set the pace for the MLB. They will be okay. the top offense every year. I will call the Padres the clear cut top contender against the Dodgers. The okay, Dodgers still fair. hold the belt. They get, I think, if this was like UFC or something, we're talking about champion and Padres. number one contender. Yeah, the Padres as being the number one contender next up for that title fight. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but I just I get I don't want to say worried because I'm not a Dodgers fan, but like I don't know if the Dodgers rotation will be able to have the same consistency as the Padres rotation. Now, do the Dodgers now see okay, the Padres are loading up on starting pitchers? We're just gonna break the bank and sign Trevor Bauer. Yeah, that would be absolutely wild but that that would be such a a that would be such a thing that would happen be quite the answer from the dodgers i mean don't forget they have one of the all generation pitchers in their rotation right now and clayton kershaw and maybe the the next version of that in walker bueller too he looks like one of those next guys up and Dustin May, too, waiting in the wings. And yeah. the guy who closed out the World Series for them, who's still very young, Urias. And, well, Bruce Stark, Bruce Stark, Gratterer also. I, I rescind my statement. Uh, the Dodgers-Padres will be a very tight race for the years to come. But let's let's dive in a little bit about that Blake Snell trade. I know he was a guy that when we talked about an ultimate get for the Phillies, that name was always thrown around um, – so the Padres, Jeff, you and I talked about it last night when we saw the trade go through. Instead of giving up quality, like top quality prospects, they just gave up a more of a more quantity of good prospects. It seems they didn't have to give up a Mackenzie Gore like talent to uh, get Blake Snell, which was it's good. I think the trade was good on both sides. Um, yeah, here's really the thing you about written the down. Padres system yeah. though that padre system their quantity would be most teams including quality. the phillies right. quality right yeah luis patino is still yeah. high quality it's just they managed to do it without giving up all world prospect mackenzie gore which is huge yeah right yeah the full trade was uh the padres received snell and the rays received uh luis patino cole wilcox Francisco Mejia and Blake Hunt. So two right-handed pitchers, two catchers are heading to the Rays. And Cole Wilcox is a guy that he is, I think, an underrated prospect. He's, Jeff, you opened my eyes last night, and then I kind of saw a little bit more about him today. He signed, he was a third-round pick in 2020 and signed a contract for $3.3 million. That's first-round money for a prospect. So the Rays may have found something there that, that's going to be really valuable for them moving forward. Like you said, Luis Patino is still a, a good pitcher. Uh, so the, the Rays really had really uh, made, made out well in this trade. Um, they got good prospects back. And then obviously the 
Padres, uh, Blake Snell, former Cy Young, World Series pitcher. Uh, but Blake Snell, all of Tampa Bay Rays fans, their last memory of Blake Snell is going to be uh, quick hooks coming out to get him in the sixth inning of the what would ultimately be the last game of the World Series. Um, he was the only player that could have stopped that Dodgers defense and kept the Rays alive one more game. And Kevin, Do we want to get into a little drama from oh. from. Twitter little drama. This. Go ahead. It was let's, pointed let's out that somebody tweeted that the last time that Blake Snell was seen in a Rays uniform was that quick hook in game six. Yes. And it was. you can find that tweet in Blake Snell's lights. Uh oh. Do you think Blake Snell forced his way out of Tampa Bay? I think think it was made known that he wasn't happy with the organization he wasn't i happy wouldn't be surprised with I, the philosophies i wouldn't be surprised um, i i think after especially after charlie morton left i mean what's left of that rotation now i mean now the rotation's really quite quite bad now you're without snell and morton i mean you get patino but is patino Eric be ready will do something down there Eric Neander will figure something out and they'll be competitive again. But oh, yeah, I mean, if I'm Blake Snell and I'm getting pulled after throwing a gem through six innings of the World Series game six, I'd be pretty pissed off too. I think I'd want to trade as well. Um, I can't blame him for that. What's crazy is entering a kind of rebuild, which, I mean, you have to call it at least kind yeah. of a rebuild when you're trading your ace and let your other and, one walk. And there's a report After, that Kevin Kiermeyer is available on the trade block as well. So they're, they're looking to move, move guys and kind of rebuild, I guess, which is insane because they were just, they just made the world series. They were that close to the world series. They were on their way to a game seven of the world series before the Blake Snell decision. Right. So, yeah, there's a rebuild in Tampa Bay, but uh, let's get back to San Diego a little bit. Um, I was going to say, Antonio, there's a there's a big key thing that went on today that I think uh, I yeah. want to know your your opinion about it. We kind of touched on it early when we started talking about San Diego, but I, I saw it. Um, the Athletic broke the news that now the Padres are looking at you, Darvish. So another guy who had a bounce back season really good in Chicago the San Diego Padres are just loading up on to if they I don't know who they're going to trade for you Darvish but they are just loading up on talent they have a plethora of infielders now they do because um, they as if the left side of oh their that's wasn't already stacked with Tatis and Machado. They signed my favorite international prospect, too. Yep, there you go. Kim, the second baseman. That's what you're getting at, Will. Yeah, um, a couple Apparently, podcasts ago, I was... Second baseman now. Yeah. At, uh, a couple podcasts ago, I was saying Ha-Sung Kim could be a great addition for the Phillies. He's a young second baseman who... He's a natural second baseman, but is comfortable at shortstop and third. I'm sure he can play a little bit of first base. He's a power hitter. Uh, and the Padres have them now. Like, Jesus, man. 
they just, are losing they up on up. young talent. What does this mean for Jake Cronenworth? That's a great, great point, Jack. Because you know, I, here's the thing: I don't know if um, Ha Sung Kim will be ready this season. He might take a, a development year in AAA. It might be a development half year. Who's the Padres' first baseman? Hosmer. Hosmer. There's, there, that there, could be because yeah. can Cronenworth play first base? Well, what I was looking I think at, he played all over. What I was looking at was that they were saying with Kim, he had experience with all four infield positions, and they were also thinking about working him in the outfield. So we'll huh. see. Maybe they try to make him like a Reese Hoskins. Obviously, that didn't oh. turn out too well, well that putting was... him in left field. But but I think maybe Has- they find uh, a Sung Kim or Jake Cronenworth because Hosmer's getting up there in age. They could start seeing time at first base and the Dodgers or the Padres will try to figure out their future first baseman between them two. I think those are the two obvious individuals who would take over after Hosmer. Um, so yeah, the Padres are just loading up on talent and Jeff, you said it to me last night and it scares me, but if I'm JT real Muto, I'm looking at the Padres and I'm saying, Oh, what I wouldn't give to catch that rotation right there. Warm weather all year round in San Diego. A an absolute fire team to go to the Slam Diego Padres. If I'm JT Real Muto, I'm kind of looking at it saying, "I could sign a I could sign a deal there. I could go there." Does San Diego want JT? They just traded for Austin Nola. Who knows? But oh, if JT Here's- signs in if JT signs in San Diego. This will become a closeted San Diego Padres podcast. I'm down for that last part, but I kind of tend to think San Diego won't spend too much more because now if they're they're getting Darvish, that's a sizable contract. And to kind of loop back too to the the positions of the infielders, they have Hosmer through 2026. And he, he's not a little. Oh, oh, that's a killer contract. And he's How not a cheap contract either. He's in his 30s. It was an eight year, $144 million contract. Jesus. And Cronenworth has played first, but that's. That spot's kind of taken with that contract. Well, you could say it's taken, but then that you can loop back in the question of the, the NLDH. Does that come back? Do you move one of those guys to play there? Uh, it, the Padres just, there's a lot of questions to ask and a lot of answers, but um, it's not bad questions to be having. Oh, what absolute stud at the plate are we going to put in what position? Like, I wish we That's had fair. that problem right now. That's I wish fair. as Phillies fans, we could say we have this guy who's older and can still hit the ball really well. But we also have this other guy who's younger and hits the ball well. And then we just signed this international guy who's 25 years old, can play all over the place and hits the ball well. I wish that was a problem we had. But we don't. I'm still wondering who's going to be coming out of the bullpen. Neftali Feliz. And yeah, Neftali Feliz. Like, I think I have a better shot at saving a game for the Phillies right now than Neftali Feliz. You don't have a rookie of the year. Exactly. Fair. 
Neither does Alec Boom, though. So confirmed Neftali Feliz better player than Alec Boom. Strike that from the record. <laughs> so stricken. So I mean, what else is there to discuss about? The Padres are just making money moves. Um, there and there really hasn't been. I'm really waiting for the free agent market to start heating up. Um, it, it seems like everywhere I turn, every article I read, the Mets are consistently mentioned as big players for a lot of guys. Um, I think they're still considered one of the big players for the George Springer. I mean, George Springer. But I, I, I saw a report out of Denver that the Rockets oh, are looking to engage the Mets over trade talks for Nolan Arenado. So the Mets are a big player. The Braves are getting better. And then the Nationals make a trade. Yeah. Yeah. The Nationals traded for Josh Bell. Uh, who did the, I don't remember off the top of my head who they gave up. I think one of them was Will Crow. Will Crow and Eddie Yeen were the two that they gave up for Josh Bell. I know. So I'm more familiar with Will Crow. I know he's solid. Yeah, I'm. But Josh Bell is one of those guys who was had a good 2019. Yeah. And then kind of fell off towards the end of the season and didn't really replicate those numbers in 2020. But he's a guy that scares me like a power hitting, switch hitting, as power switch hitting first baseman. Um, so the Nationals are clearly making some sort of effort to get better. I yeah. think they will be better based solely on the nature of they'll have uh, Scherzer and Strasburg back again. Um, Corbin, too. Corbin. So the Phillies, I'm still waiting. Like, I'm sitting here waiting. There was a report that came out that Dombrowski had made contact with the Real Muto camp. But other than that, I've heard nothing. Well, you missed a part of that then. There was also a report that there's an offer on the table. Yeah. Oh, but we don't know what the offer is. Like, but no. there's an offer. That's there's better than offer. before. Yeah, I mean it's better than nothing. But um, I I really need I need a Phillies rumor to break. Like I need oxygen right now. I need well, something one, to keep me going. One thing I think we could see soon, a, a new rumor. Oh is you discussed the fact that the Rays are open to moving Kiermaier. And I, I think that could be someone the Phillies look to get in on. We already heard the rumor about them looking into Jackie Bradley Jr. And if you're looking into Jackie Bradley Jr., you should be looking why, into why wouldn't you look into Kiermaier? Yeah. Pretty similar players in the, in the fact that they're left-handed bats I believe they're both left-handed bats. Uh, mm. Superior gloves in center field, and their their gloves highly outweighs their bats. Yes, definitely. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier and Kevin Kiermaier signed through twenty twenty two. They're both thirty, so there's really no age difference there. But yep, bats left a left-handed bat. So I mean. I do think the Phillies should be interested in Kiermaier, but I don't know how much I'd want to give up for Kiermaier. I think I'd rather. I'd be more inclined to just pay for Bradley. I think I would too, um, but 
John Middleton, who knows, who knows if John Middleton will be inclined to pay for Jackie Bradley Jr. Who knows if John Middleton will be inclined to pay for a, a freaking Coca-Cola at the home opener? Like this guy seems like one day he's saying we don't have any money. The next day he hires Dom Browski. Then they're interested in JT Real Muto and Jackie Bradley Jr. I don't get it. Should but, I be the first one to say it? Go ahead, say it. We're re-signing JT. Okay. Um, oh, ooh. I did not know that that's where I was going, but I, I agree. I hope to God. I hope and pray to God. I'm not hoping. No. I, I'm now confident. I haven't okay. been confident. Is that your New Year's resolution, Jeff? No, it's my actual – It's I'm starting to approach my levels of confidence that we'll be bringing back JT. It's starting to get near – my level of confidence that Bryce Harper was going to be a Philly. Uh, that was, I don't have that confidence right now. I just like, there's something within me that goes, you're, you're going to have to prepare for Andrew Knapp to be the Philadelphia Phillies starting catcher for 2021. Well, my reasoning is the same reasoning that I had for why Bryce was going to be a Philly. It's because I'm just seeing the market disappear. It doesn't, it doesn't make much sense for other teams to be in on JT at what's likely a fair price tag for him. You're already right. seeing um, Mets bow out of it. You're seeing Toronto probably be more interested in Springer. So unless they lose out on him, that's probably not the – JT's probably not the direction they're going to go. The Nats yeah. are rumored to be in. But then you also heard – they're not likely to spend and they just went out and made a move instead for to give up prospects and bring in uh bring in josh bell so yeah i mean i think that's a very reasonable expectation of why the phillies would re-sign jt um i just hope it happens soon i don't want it to be like i don't want it to carry on towards when pitchers and catchers are reporting and we don't have jt real muto locked up to a contract like, it was, a, I, it was I don't a similar situation with Bryce. That was the same way. Yeah, but Bryce wasn't already on our team when we signed him. Yeah, I'm not like, going to make we, any promises as to when it's going to happen. I know, but I like I that would be insane if you predicted it. Like, oh, JT's going to sign on this day. Um, but I need it. Like, I'd I'd rather it happen sooner than later. Um, I think <laughs> I we'll put a lot of us at ease. I hope it's January. I I think it will put a lot of us at ease when JT Romuto signs back with the Phillies. Um, so, I mean, that's really the issue here is we need him back because we fall way behind if we don't have him. Yeah, we already talked about how good the division's getting, and now we talked about how good the the, the NL in the general League is getting. Yeah. So. I think Philadelphia sports currently are letting me down. It's the the Philadelphia Eagles are depressing. Um, Go Sixers, go Phillies at this point. Sign JT, run it back. Dombrowski, listen to me, listen to us, run it back, bring the team together, sign some bullpen arms, and let's get this thing rolling. As the great Stu Finder says, we're ready to roll, ready to roll, ready to roll for the 2021 season. I'm ready. 
pitchers and catchers in like two months, a little under two months. Starting to get exciting again. I'm ready to roll. We just need to sign JT, and I'll be wearing my Phillies jerseys up and down the street. Hey, you guys got any closing remarks before we uh, send it out here? I think you uh, you just covered about everything I had to say. Run it back. Will well, nods his head in approval. Great radio. Thanks, Will. We'll we'll talk to you next week, Will. All right, so that was another episode of the Shoot and the Shift podcast. Uh, we hope everyone had a great holiday. Uh, we hope you have a great New Year. We're looking forward to 2021. Uh, Phillies, run it back. Bring us our guys, and let's be competitive. We will see you next week. Tuttles. Thank you.